Capital One is a proud sponsor of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically Black colleges and universities to produce content, including this podcast throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. Hello and welcome to the HBCU Band episode of the Roden Fellows Podcast. I am your host, Kiana Robinson, a senior journalism major, cinema studies minor at Hampton University. Today, I am joined by Alexis Davis from North Carolina A&T. Hey, hey, everyone. And I am also joined by my fellow Hamptonian, Keon Cage. What's up, Kiana? So after being home for a while, something that many people were missing, including myself, is seeing their favorite HBCU bands get back on the field and putting on some of the best performances that we have seen. So far, they have not disappointed this season, and that's because they have really been doing their thing from the musical selections to the outfits for the dance teams. Today, I am joined by some of Hampton University's Marching Force members. We have drum major Darius McKenzie. Yo, how y'all doing? We have the captain of Ebony Fire dance team, Selena McKell. Hi, everyone. And we have the co-captain for the tenor drums, Carlos Lovett. What's up, what's up? And today we also have Nadira, a member of the HBCU band team here with us today. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Fellow Rattler in the building, by the way, just got to put that out there for my Hamptonians that's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, I want to ask all the band members, how has the transition been from being at home for basically a year and a half to now practicing every day? Um, it's it's definitely really great uh, to be back on campus. Um, while we were actually at home in COVID, we were still having practice, but it was over Zoom. Um, and I have to say, uh, teaching dance over Zoom is um, interesting, <laughs> to say the least, but um, it's, it's really cool to see all the new people who you've worked with online over the years and to finally like meet them in person um, and also take in new people as well. But um, that whole year, we weren't just kind of sitting and doing nothing. We were actually preparing for the next season. So we were working on a lot of new things, uh, a lot of rebranding. So all of that hard work um, that went in uh, to our essentially off season, uh, a lot of that is finally coming into fruition now. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So how did that work, teaching them Zoom, dance over Zoom? Like, that sounds difficult. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the lag time was really bad. <laughs> so that's something you kind of had to get used to, like people just being on like different counts, but that was, that was just due to the internet. Or um, a big issue that we had was that when we got in person, a lot of people tended to like learn things backwards because of the screen. So a lot of things people had to reverse. So that was kind of funny, but um, we got it together and everything, but you definitely had to change your teaching style to fit over Zoom versus in person. Um, there were a lot of extra practices because it's, it's different. You, you don't get the feel of things. You're not right there seeing it. You don't see the fine details. So I, I think it probably took more practice um, on your own individually during Zoom than it did in person. 
Uh, what about you guys, Darius and Carlos? Did you guys have the same experiences? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I know that a lot of drum majors usually pride themselves on the amount of hours that we put into our practice. And that definitely was affected by the pandemic. Uh, like I said, or like Selena was doing with her dance team, uh, we were Zoom for a lot of practices. And a lot of that was like four or five hour sessions trying to go back to back with a Zoom hour, uh, Zoom session, trying to really get the fine details of what it meant to be a drum major and trying to get a lot of the bigger stuff and the more minute stuff. Um, it was a lot, a lot of late night practices, um, but we got, we got it together and the practices didn't stop once we got here. I would say that the attitude was very um, excited to get everybody together. And once we did get every together, everybody together kind of felt like love and we went on from there. I could say it's like being a drummer and like being away from every drummer is kind of hard because like drumming like is a the big thing is like being clean and like looking as one so like when everybody's like all over the place and like you're trying to be on the internet trying to correct like how people look and like how they sound it's kind of hard because you don't really know like what the problem is and like um but like coming together was was great because like it was kind of hard because like we started out back because like we had a year off and it kind of pushed us back to where we were when we were here. Um, but like we just been putting in a lot of work, working hard, late night practices, trying to, you know, be clean, look alike, details. Um, but like once you like put the pedal to the metal, like the, it doesn't stop. So like we, we've been doing good. OK, so so far, because I know you guys are all seniors. What has been your favorite band memory with the marching force? Yeah, for me personally, uh, I definitely want to say it was Rome. I think that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, I never personally wanted to travel, but I'm glad that I went with the band. I'm glad I went with so many of my friends and a lot of people I like to call family now. Um, we went to Rome for a little four day trip and we performed in front of the um, Pope. That was something I'll never forget. Definitely top tier moment. Yeah, I could say that probably was one of the best moments. But since you say that, I would say my second would be uh, Honda Battle of the Bands to, like, be able to, like, as a kid, go there and watch, like, different bands, go at it at halftime and, like, see who has the best shows to, like, actually being in a college marching band to actually being selected to perform for Honda was pretty cool in front of, like, your friends and family all come to watch you uh, perform with your with the band. It's pretty It's pretty cool. Um, I would also have to say Rome and Honda as well, but specifically with Honda, um, again, I, I'm kind of a little um, new to the band world. I had no prior experience with uh, the band world in high school. So when I got to college, that was kind of my first introduction to things. And I had heard about it and I was you know, excited to go. So when we finally went, one of the things that stood out to me was just the sheer size of the audience. Like, I knew we were gonna be performing in like a big stadium, but like when we got out there, I just, there were so many people and you could really feel the energy. It was it was different than um, any other halftime show that we had done. Um, and on top of that, we really put a lot of work into that show. It was very unique. We combined, you know, like the, um, the soundtrack from the movie, The Black Panther, and that was kind of like our theme for the show. Um, and, you know, we had winter band camp. It was cold, you know, <laughs> we were out there preparing for the show. So um, I almost got a little emotional coming off the field because we had put so much work into that. And, you know, the energy was there. So, yeah, definitely one of my favorite. 
elaborate as well. I definitely remember that because I also was a part of the band. So that was oh, an experience in itself. <laughs> so Darius, so since you're a drum major, um, what would you say has been the process for picking songs and then setting drills down? Because, you know, you guys are separate and you guys lead the band. So what's that process like? Uh, we definitely like to get the band's input as to what songs we play, because if the band doesn't want to play the songs, you can hear it in their in the way that they play. So we definitely start off at the student level, say, hey, what songs do y'all want to play? What songs do you think would be good for a show? And we bring it up to our de- director of bands, Dr. Thomas Jones. From there, he goes to work with his assistant band director, Mr. Clifford Cox, and they really go at it with the music. Um, that'll take anywhere from about four or five days to actually get the music and to set the drill. The drill is one of the best things, the best part of the show, because we get to really show what we can do uh, technically and musically for the actual uh, program as a whole. Setting the drill is always fun because everyone's always enthusiastic. Everyone's ready to work and it really comes together. We'll have the show together by Thursday, Friday and ready to go and ready to see what the whole show can look like. I definitely would say that everybody always brings the right attitude and never, 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 ever comes to complain. Okay, so now Carlos, I know the drumline is a major part of the HBCU band experience. So talk a little bit about that and how the band is, quote unquote, the heartbeat of the band. Okay, well, drumline is the the best section in the band and the most hard work, like we work the hardest. Um, Like, for example, like not only do we have to know uh, band music, but we have to know cadences. We have to know marching cadences. We have to have our own shows. And like we have to have like different types of solos and stuff like it's a lot that goes in with it. And like especially like with Dr. Jones, like if we were to go in the band room and not know the band music, like he was going to like lose his mind on us. Like we were getting in trouble. So like it's a lot of like. What's the word? Like it's a lot of I don't know, but it's it's a lot. of It's a lot. It's, it's really stressful sometimes because like it's a lot that goes into it. Um, But. It's, it's the best, too, as in, because, like, we have the most fun, I can say. Like, I mean, the band has fun, too, but, like, we travel. They sent us to go to, like, recruit, uh, talk to the high schoolers, um, and just do different things. But as of, man, the heartbeat of the band, um, yeah, we're goaded, for real. No cap. Yesterday, the Undefeated <laughs> released their new band rankings for the season, and BAMU was at the top, but North Carolina A&T came to knock them down a peg. So, Nadira, can you talk a little bit about the um, the band rankings and what's going on? Okay, so first of all, I have to say, relax. A&T didn't knock us anywhere. You know what I'm saying? They just came a little harder this week, but I can't be biased because I do serve on the panel, well, not on the panel, but I do serve as a correspondent for the undefeated as it relates to HBCU marching bands, but I'm always gonna show that Rattler pride. So, you know, we are gonna come back harder for the next ranking, but, um, you know, I think that overall, as I do a um, analysis of the response to people that are um, paying attention to the rankings, you know, HBCU marching band is kind of like a subculture, if you will, of HBCUs, you know, we kind of are 
the center of the world. We kind of keep the heartbeat, as the percussion would say, of HBCUs. Like, you know, marching band is what people come to know and love about most of our illustrious HBCUs outside of the academia and the, you know, relationships that people are able to build inside of our universities. So um, I'm very excited to, to serve in that capacity. But what I will say is that um, the first rankings came out, FAMU was number one, the internet was on fire, specifically because FAMU came from the uh, MEAC conference and now they're inside of the SWAC. Um, if you guys don't know, like the difference between the SWAC and the MEAC, where the uh, MEAC is a little more melodic, Whereas the swag, they're kind of like cranking their instruments a little bit harder. They're blowing a lot more like air into their uh, horns and things of that nature. So when FAMU came out on top, being that this is their first year inside of the swag, you know, it just kind of sent the whole internet in an uproar. What I will say is that since the second band ranking has come out with ANT being number one, um, people are still excited about the ranking, but it's not as uh, controversial, if you will, as it was because FAMU has always been like a large topic of conversation. They have set the standard and have been a tastemaker in the space of HBCU marching band. Um, so to see the ANT has risen to the top is, you know, pretty exciting for the Aggies out there. But um, overall, I think that the list is being well received by, you know, band heads all around. You know, people are extremely opinionated about it. Uh, but we just love the dialogue because it's bringing that much more attention to our illustrious institutions. Man, I got a question for you. So, like, what goes into the ranking? What are y'all looking for? Like, is it like, man, whoever has the best drums, like, or whoever performs the best, or what do y'all look for? How do you so, determine you know, who's the best? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. So people think that it's just a general sort of ranking that's like, oh, we just pulled out of thin air and we got our top ten. No, so what really happens is, is that there's two separate divisions um, inside of the uh, inside of the rankings. So division one includes the larger HBCU bands who include the SWAC and the MEAC. Hampton University, you all are not inside of the SWAC or the MEAC, but you do have a larger band, you're more widely known. So some of those larger institutions are a part um, of the division one. And then some of the smaller schools from the SIAC and the CIAA are inside of division two. Now everybody is ranked on the same categories, and there are five different categories that are being adjudicated. So the first being auxiliary, the second being drum majors, musicality, percussion, pictures, drill, and design. And then we get our overall score based off of those different categories. And whoever has the highest score based off of those um, cumulative scores is our top 10. So um, I would like to, uh, you know, this wasn't acknowledged um, inside of any, any of our social media posts, but Hampton University, y'all auxiliary has always been exceptional inside of the um, division one rankings, you guys were number two overall inside of auxiliary for um, the uh, the second rankings that have come out. And then your percussion has always been so phenomenal. I actually did Coachella with one of the percussionists from Hampton, Ralph Nader. He's so exceptional, um, super talented guy. Um, Hampton's percussion section is number five um, inside of the rankings. So that's really exciting and congratulations to you all. Um, so I know just as much as the band itself is evaluated, um, a lot of a lot of the band also has to do with their dance lines. Um, and I know that Golden Delight at North Carolina A&T, um, you know, not necessarily being biased, but they are different than a lot of different dance lines. You know, this, it's not too often that you will see someone who is as technically trained as most of them. And then also, um, we're speaking some of them. Um, they're all not technically trained. Sometimes they come in and they get their training from um, the different people that they learn from. And then they also, they do baton, they do flag, they do everything. Yes. So, um, you know, just showing the real versatility of Golden Delight. So how would you say that compares to some of the other um, dance lines? 
Well, so I think what's you what's great about auxiliary and um, dance lines is that they all have their own unique style. Everybody pretty much has their own signature that signifies them. What I think is special about ANT is the fact that they do have um, their dancers double as color guard and as majorettes, whereas most other um, HBCU marching bands have a color guard team separate from the majorette dance line. So I just think it's beautiful how they incorporate that. But people are adjudicated on the same way. Like, what does your technique look like? What are um, your formations look like? Is everybody in tune and sync together? All those things come into play when we're adjudicating the auxiliary. Um, for example, FAMU only has a flag core and it's predominantly male, um, but they are being they are being um, adjudicated next to the Hamptons, the ANTs, the the Jackson States, where it's you know female dominated. You got majorette dance lines, and you got these men that are kind of sort of are predominantly male uh, auxiliary team that is competing against them. But it's really about the showmanship. It's really about the discipline. It's really about the level of technique that it takes to execute. And because it is a bit of a team sport, if you will, it's about everybody being in unison. You know, it takes a lot of technique. And I know Selena can attest to that, you know, being a dancer. Um, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And then because you're on the field and it's so wide and everybody's spread apart, you know, you got to listen to the sound of the band. You want to make sure that everybody's in sync together. It can be a little difficult sometimes. And then, you know, traveling to and from your spaces can be a whole lot so it's a lot that goes into it um but yeah those are my thoughts on it. i would love to hear what selena thinks about the rankings and you know what she feels you know about the rankings in terms of the auxiliary as well yes absolutely um when we saw the ranking uh all of us were um extremely proud extremely excited about that um and one thing that i i really have to say is uh you know i've been a part of the band for four years and honestly um, I think the work ethic of the girls this year has been the strongest out of all the years that I have been on. And as a captain, I cannot ask for anything else. Um, like, for example, like, you know, we have practice every day and it starts at 445, but like people come early, like it, it's like a normal thing. Like we get there early before practice to go over things. We're staying after. And that's without me having to even ask. So I think that that's a testament to the work that's being put in and that the positive attitudes, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm really proud of the ones who, you know, the, the progression of, you know, their dance ability and everything. So I'm, I'm genuinely happy about this. Yeah. Congratulations to you guys. You are exceptional. I love, I love your dance line. It's amazing to watch. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Darius and Carlos, how are we feeling about the band rankings? I mean, percussion is ranked what, Carlos? Number five. Uh, five. I think we're top five. Okay. But, like, we just battled uh, Norfolk. If you guys go watch that, we, we definitely beat them boys. You know what I'm saying? So I think we should be above them. But honestly, though, <laughs> like, coming, coming in as a freshman, like, I wasn't, like, recruited to come to this band or anything. So, like, I didn't know anything about Hampton University marching force or the sticky situation. But when I got here and I got a part of the drum line, like my freshman year, me and my freshman mates, we had a like a, we had a vision. The vision was to grow the drum line, to like put our name out there, to be ranked. And like being a senior now and seeing us like how how much we progressed and to being top five is is really big for us because like nobody knew about a sticky situation. Like nobody knew about Hampton drumline people. Some people didn't even know they had a band. So like for us to even be 
like moving up and progressing every year and people are catching notice. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I do want to add one thing. I, I just want to say that like, um, Overall, when it comes to HBCU marching band, because we go to these institutions that breed so much pride inside of us, if your school is not number one, you feel like something's wrong with the adjudication. And not that anybody here said that, but it's just something that I'm noticing overall, like as a consensus when I like look at the analytics online or whatever, right? But what people have to understand is that because ESPN is such a respected platform, I want everybody to understand that like these are respected adjudicators who come from the world of HBCU marching band. These are current and retired HBCU marching band directors that are adjudicating this. These are former dance coaches, captains, et cetera, from auxiliary teams that are adjudicating this. So it's not um, something that is biased and it's not something that's being adjudicated by people who have no idea of the culture, no idea what goes on. It's not from some other outside source that it's not from HBCU. So um, we have tried these rankings over and over again. The adjudicators change, you know, each each ranking. Um, so when we get results that are similar or close, we know that our system is not broken. It actually works quite efficiently. And when people are seeing the rise of themselves inside of the adjudications, it's really a testament to the work that these students and these uh, adju not adjudicators, but the faculty of the band that they're doing because there's so much that goes into it. And when you see yourself rise on it, um, it's really just a beautiful thing to see because it's really, uh, the, the rankings are a reflection of that hard work for sure. Yes, so remember everybody to please go on the undefeated.com and look at the new band rankings. They already came out and maybe go and compare and see where your school is ranked. Special thanks to our guests. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Selena. And thank you, Darius, for coming on here and talking a little bit about the marching force and the new band rankings with our special guest, Nadira, who also works with The Undefeated. You can catch the marching force at the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in a month, and they will be marching and be on your TV. Make sure you tune in. The NBA season officially began on October 19th, starting off the 2021-22 season, and is also the 75th anniversary of the NBA. People have already been, been have already been coming up with predictions for certain teams based on trades that happened this um, over the summer and new rookie additions. So, Kian, who do you think is going to make it to the playoffs, and what teams do you think will be in the final two? It's the best time of the season, you know, the beginning of the season, uh, you know, everybody's excited. But my favorite off-season move would be really just the Warriors didn't really make any moves, but they got healthy this off-season. I'm excited for Steph Curry because he just dropped 45 on the Clippers and he, he put uh, raining threes all night. Then he put a triple-double on the Lakers, so they're coming out. 2-0 and against uh, against the Lakers. They're 2-0 in uh, the Staples Center. But I'm very excited about them. I'm actually excited about the New York Knicks. Surprisingly, they actually been kind of bad. But, you know, this, <laughs> year, they, this year, this year, I think they can make it past the second round because they look really good against the Celtics. Uh, they got Kimba Walker and uh, Evan Foyer. So they had, the problem they had last year was just scoring. They couldn't put the ball in the hoop. They can stop. They can play defense, but they couldn't put the ball in the hoop. And they, they put two 20-point scorers on their teams. So I'm excited for them. They beat a very talented Celtics team with Jalen Brown, dropped 46 points in Madison Square Garden. But 
they got uh got the dub and that's all that matters, man. I know Spike Lee is screaming on the uh, uh sideline right now. I gosh, I know he is. But personally, I I'm excited to see the Suns come back this year because I feel like a lot of people were doubting them and they were talking about how if they had won the championship, it would have basically been like meant nothing because they got by because all these teams were injured but I'm excited to see what they're going to do this season now they have JaVale McGee so that'll be interesting um I'm also excited to see the Knicks and the Celtics play this year and also the Nets too because I had I was able to go to a Nets playoff game and they look they looked okay Kevin Durant he was really doing his thing um oh yeah and Kyrie Irving that'll be that's going to be something interesting to see what goes on because he's being a little bit stubborn and he's pushing back. He doesn't want to get the vaccine and all of these people are coming at him. They're like, come on, man, like you have to play, you have to do what's right. Not only just for yourself, but for other people around you, but I'm excited to see what's going on. Um, well, yeah, I'm excited to see the Knicks. They have an addition of a lot of new scores, um, but I think the key thing will be them building back up their confidence. I also think that they need leadership because after not doing well for a while, um, a lot of people, they lose their confidence, even when they're playing at the highest level on the biggest stage for basketball. Um, I think that they really are going to need some leadership and get their confidence back up. Um, I'm also really excited to see the Lakers just because they do have so many superstars. I want to see how they're going to work together. I know a lot of people are fans of these different guys individually. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they all are going to play together. And I also, I think, you know, it might require some people to step down. A lot of them in their own respective roles, they are used to being the main man. And some of them are going to, you know, have to take a step back and kind of be a background player. You know what? I'm also excited to see the Chicago Bulls. I just realized DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball are now there playing with Zach Levine. So that should be definitely interesting to see. Big baller in the house. (laughs) I would agree, but I don't know. I got to circle back to Kyrie. I have to circle back because honestly, I'm just a little disappointed at the fact that he is you know pushing so harshly against the vaccine and I was supposed to go see him play in December so I'm not gonna get to see that because he's he's probably not gonna get the vaccine before then so I think it's like disappointing for a lot of fans and you know people definitely have the right to do what they want to do with their own bodies but I just kind of wish that he was using his large influence in a very different way because I feel like now that he's not going to get the vaccine so many other people are going to just feel that same way Mm -hmm. and then I'm upset about not being able to see him play now so I just have a lot of different emotions about Kyrie and him not getting this vaccine yeah the athletes and the vaccination thing it's very weird because I remember LeBron like a month ago he said that he had got the vaccine but it wasn't his job to like tell other people to do the same thing and while that is kind of true I just feel like if you have a big platform and you're able to influence so many people why not use it for good you know yeah I agree yeah um so come on coming up Next year, All-Star Weekend is coming up soon in Cleveland, Ohio. So, Alexis, you want to talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So for me, um, despite if my favorite players make it or not, um, I'm always tuning into the all-star game. Uh, for me, it's a little different. Of course, um, the favorite thing I look forward to is the dunk contest, of course. Um, I will be honest. Um, last year, I was a little disappointed with the dunk contest. Um, but we have a lot of new guys um, who have all-star quality and they really do put on a show and they have that performance aspect as also, they also have a lot of athleticism. So I'm excited to see some new contenders in the dunk contest. I know that that's really what gets people going during the weekend. Um, but actually, you know, HBCU students, just like ourselves, they're going to get the chance to shine um, with the NBA HBCU classic that'll take place during the weekend. I'm really excited to see that. Um, especially, you know, how we're getting to play, you know, that'll be Sarah's school. So I'm sure we can find her somewhere cheering them on. Um, also for All-Star Weekend, I really always look forward to seeing the shoes as well. I know a lot of people who have their own sneaker deals, um, they end up, um, coming out with shoes and those usually be their top sellers. For me, my favorite are the Kobe Ace that came out. So I'm just really excited to see the future of the All-Star and how they are incorporating HBCUs. Now, Alexis. What athlete do you think will have the craziest outfit? Because I always go to um, Russell Westbrook first. <laughs> uh, well, for me, I'm a Westbrook fan when it comes to fashion and what he does on the court. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm setting my standards too high or since he's getting older, if he's gonna decide to chill out. But I feel like that's a part of who he is. Um, you know that that's that's despite you know what he does. You know the point guard that he is on the court, he is in his own right, you know, we look to him for fashion and, you know, he really does influence a lot of young guys, a lot of older guys showing that you're never too old to wear those neon combinations, to wear those prints, to wear those patterns. So I'm excited to see what he's going to wear. Okay. Well, that's all we got for today's episode. To our audience, thank you for tuning in once again. We'd like to give a very special thanks again to Selena, Darius, Carlos, and Nadira for taking the time to talk with us about bands. And extra thanks to Parker Owens and the ESPN Digital Audio Content team. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to the Undefeated on the Listen tab of, ES of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Undefeated website again and look up the brand new band rankings. And of course, a special thanks to my fellows for joining me in on the conversation.